0: What's going on, my friend? This is Nathan Crankfield, the host and founder of the Seeking Excellence Podcast. Today, as you may have seen already, I've got my favorite person in the world with me. Yet again, it's Emily Crankfield, my lovely wife, mother of my son, my best friend. And we are talking about none other than marriage. We actually recently went on a marriage retreat, which is pretty funny. We were talking to some friends recently, and they were like, why'd you go on a marriage retreat? You've only been married for like a year and a half. And I feel like people thought that like, we had like some type of marital problems (laughs) that we were going to a retreat. And don't get me wrong. We're not all sunshines and rainbows over at the Crankfield crib, but we are having a great time being married to one another. So it's just kind of funny. But I think marriage retreats, marriage counseling, I recently heard somebody tell a story that they were talking to somebody who's been married for like 40 years. And that couple has been going to marriage counseling since like year one. And we're just talking about how it's helpful to have a referee. Marriage counseling is all about making your marriage stronger. So why not start from the beginning? And I think there's something to that. I think our our generation has destigmatized mental health counseling and therapy and all that. And I think that's generally really good. Um, Sometimes I think people go a little bit overboard and get obsessive with it, especially when you secularize your mental health and don't uh, think about how faith and prayer and grace and virtue impact your mental health. but i think we still have somewhat of a stigma around uh marriage and marriage counseling i mean and marriage retreats and things like that and so this is a marriage healing retreat specifically and i mean i'll tell you what we experienced some pretty powerful healing there over some stuff that we didn't really know was even bothering us as much as it was and so um if you get an opportunity to do things like this i highly recommend it uh it's always worth it to take the time any retreats right i i talked about you know extensively about my retreat for um adult children of divorce and things of that nature. So don't think that, that it's bad or you have to be, you know, a certain type of way or person to go on a retreat. It's good to go on retreat. Uh, it's good to experience and encounter the healing of the Lord, that God wants you to be healed. And so embrace that. Don't don't run from it or hide from it or be ashamed of it or be afraid of going to, to seek out that grace and that healing and seeking excellence. So if you haven't joined us on Locals, you can. If you believe in what we're doing, if you appreciate these podcasts, if you think this is helpful, you want more people to understand uh and, and encounter the content that we're creating, then I, I would greatly appreciate it. We would greatly appreciate it. Emily and I. Uh, my team that helps me edit audio, video, and other things, you know, my writing. Um, we would so appreciate it if you become a, a, a member uh on locals. Uh we have free members, but we of course have have paid supporters as well that help make all this possible. I'm constantly seeking to upgrade equipment and, um, my setup and all kinds of different things, uh, really working to be able to do in-person, uh, video with me and another person. I now have, you know, my YouTube channel up and going with some high quality video content, but trying to get better. So especially when Emily and I record together, um, would love to get sometime next year, a second camera so that we can really have some good angles and really make this thing legit. So, um, I, I rely on your support to do that. We have only lost money on seeking excellence, over the last three years and so uh trying to limit that now that i have a family so if you've considered that if you've gotten a lot of value out of this uh, you can join for as little as ten dollars a month it's a great blessing to us the encouragement that i receive from just knowing that you believe in our mission and what we're doing means the most but i do appreciate the financial support because it allows us to do a bunch of other things and ten dollars at this point in time i'm like i forget i, I give ten dollars to random things that i don't even remember that i'll give it ten dollars to Um, So it would be great to have you over there You get exclusive content You'll get books and swag and all kinds of different things As they come out So thank you and shout out to my supporters who are there I hope you're enjoying Seeking Excellence Pug Club I've been having a great time going through the Tape Letters with you all The comments, the conversations And all of that has been really beautiful And it's been super fruitful in my own spiritual life To be going through this book again So hope it's helping all of you who are our supporters And without further ado Let's get to the better crank field (music) Emily Crankfield, what's Hello.
1: going on?
0: Welcome back to Seeking Excellence. <laughs> Thank you. Back to back weeks. Hey yo, I don't know. if I feel more blessed with the <laughs> listeners, do but either way,
1: we you, figured out babysitting. We
0: might, we might have a damn routine. I was gonna down say here. this
1: might be a weekly thing.
0: We might be starting our own podcast soon. Oh, no nah, I was gonna stay on Seeking Excellence for a okay. <laughs>
1: but we could have like a show on the Seeking
0: exactly a show within a show,
1: a show within a show. That's beautiful. But yeah, we are in a new routine. We got my mom babysitting, coming a little early for RCIA. Yep. Um, Nathan and I are helping lead RCIA at their parish this week, or this um this week, but this year. And it is every week, and my mom come has been coming to help watch Jordan. So we just decided to expand it a little bit.
0: Yeah, just a little extendo.
1: A little extend of the time. It's on the way to RCIA. Your studio, yeah, which is really nice office. Thank you. Right now, I'll call your I studio. Like your studio,
0: yeah, that, that sounded. Nobody yeah, knows like, cool.
1: how not legit it looks. but It looks pretty legit, but like how not legit like, of a studio it is. Not, you know what I mean?
0: you saying my YouTube videos look bad? <laughs> I
1: mean, nah. No, I just meant like... Nobody
0: knows how trash your studio looks. Like, you're, you're literally
1: like, in the basement of a parish office.
0: Slash rectory. Slash rectory. two for one.
1: Where this you is, put this together. What I'm saying is like you put this together yesterday. This is it's not like it. an always. That's, that's true. Happen. I just wanted the listeners to know.
0: This is a new setup. Thank you for your transparency. Well, it looks great. When I walked down here, I was no, apparently blown I'm away. Down. So <laughs> I think you've made that. When I clear. walked
1: down here, I was blown away.
0: Speaking of marriage <laughs> and marital conflict, just kidding. That's not what we're talking about today. So Emily, how was your weekend?
1: Oh my goodness. I had the best weekend. What'd you do? I we, And by what
0: you do, what did we do? Yeah, we're married.
1: We went to the John Paul II Healing Center. Marriage retreat. We yep. call it unveiled.
0: Unveiled, um, discovering the great mystery in your marriage.
1: Yeah, and we had some awesome conversations. We had some awesome insights, and it was really good. I mean, I, it really flowed into a lot more conversations. You know, just the two of us outside of it, and it was kind of set up to do that. You know, there was a lot of time for couples to talk and discuss, for and sure, debate things. You know, so um,
0: <laughs> debate things.
1: You could tell that sometimes people there were some
0: heated discussions. Some people were crying and moved, yeah. While others, in the same moment, were like storming out. Yeah, you know.
1: I guess we don't know exactly what happened with each couple, but yes, there were some couples that left.
0: Yeah, I would I would venture to say even that some people left in a worse place, and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing by the retreat leaders, right? Because this is something that like yeah, the same thing can go for like. I think like a good parish leaves you this way, right? Like any good encounter with hard truth, right? right? With the truth and, and the gospel yeah. is going to leave some people, some people are going to reject it, right? Like some people might've been in a tough spot in their marriage, but then they may have also just like not been willing to fight for it. Right. Right. And that could leave you in a worse place right, than if you chose to stay. Now, if they, if you stay through the whole weekend, you do everything they say to do it, and then you're in a worse place you know you do it with an open heart then you could say maybe something's wrong with the retreat but if you're yeah, giving yeah. up on night one or two that's probably a, a you problem in yeah. a sense you know yeah
1: or in, like
0: uh but we always put that on somebody else right you know to be like oh well this was bad because they made us talk and it's like well that's what like needed to happen
1: <laughs> yeah i would say like an inability to do what they actually asked you to do yeah which was and uh, you know
0: or unwillingness
1: communic- yeah unwillingness communicate in ways that uplifted each other and like have conflict in ways that still uplift each other you know which maybe that wasn't done well but i i mean yeah we don't know if people had to leave early for their babysitters or something like that but there was after the one specific
0: tell by the speed of the walk (laughs) this is a this is a planned exit or if this is
1: okay well there were 800 people there so let's
0: get the hell out we don't
1: know if people like might have come back and sat somewhere else we don't know what happened
0: that's true only God knows. Only oh, God knows. Only the Lord knows the heart. But
1: we know what happened in our own hearts, and that's what we wanted to talk about.
0: That is a fact. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to kind of go through some of our notes today. This may end up being a two-parter that we'll come back and record another time, because definitely don't want to rush to it. Next week. Yeah, since we got a routine now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So,
1: <laughs> this is Nathan's dream,
0: everybody. Beautiful. true. Like, like, you have no idea. It. That is not an overstatement.
1: Low-key, part of the marriage retreat was talking about this. Me being more involved in seeking excellence, helping run this and different things like that. And here we are.
0: There's not a single listener who's not on my side. (laughs) I want you to know that. I love it. So talking about, we're going to kind of go talk by talk. And I just wanted to go through some of our notes and share the things that stuck out to us. We obviously wrote notes and highlighted things and things like that. So I'm just going to start with this. So I'm on I'm on this page. So talk number one, The Great Mystery is the title of this. And they really did a good job of explaining how marriage is this great mystery. And so I want to read the quote from Scripture. It doesn't say, oh, it's from Ephesians 5. Classic. My favorite chapter of the Bible, which I'm sure we'll get to in part two. <laughs> I do plan, for those wondering, it'll probably come out before this episode. Um, but so I guess I should go back and listen to, if you're interested, and uh i'm recording with to become family who is a separate podcast their podcast they're to become family on instagram they're the ortegas they are um their podcast is called pre with the pope and they've been podcasting as a couple for a long time together not that long maybe two years i don't know why i said long time like it's been 10 years but a good amount of time they've been doing this and i listened to their episode recently on um, Ephesians five, and who gets the final say, and kind of talking about submission in marriage, and so I am going to be talking with them pretty extensively about that. So, if you are curious, my my further thoughts on Ephesians five, of which there are many, um, some of that I fleshed out even since our last time discussing it, which I am excited to share more with you about some of my recent progressions through prayer and study. Wow. Anyways, going back to this quote from Ephesians five. Go for it. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak in reference to Christ in the church. In any case, each one should love his wife as himself and the wife should respect her husband. Now, these are my first notes in the thing were the need for a man, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. And it says physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. I remember Doctor. So this was Doctor Bob shoots. I don't. Yeah. Think, did we mention that? Okay,
1: I don't think so. No. Yeah.
0: So the JP Two Healing Center, Doctor Bob shoots.
1: He's pretty. I mean, I think, he com- comes with the territory of the Healing Center. If you're familiar with the Healing Center,
0: but... I wouldn't know. Oh, okay. not okay. a year ago. Okay. Yeah, probably two years ago. Sweet. So, my my Doctor Bob shoots. My listeners are like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's why they're here.
1: <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm they okay.
0: like my style. <laughs> <laughs> it's like most of them are here for you today. So thank you. Uh, Most of them probably didn't know who Dr. Bob is. But anyway, so Dr. Bob's talking about how the need for a man to leave physically and emotionally. Interestingly, I think this applies to both sexes, but I I just want to hit on it. And you can share, obviously, if you'd like, from the woman's perspective and just what that kind of looks like. But it's so important to understand this emotional leaving. He shared some of his story about not really feeling he left his mom. And I think this is especially true and tempting for those of us who come from divorced homes. Mm And I had thought about this kind of in advance. I've struggled at different times because for those of you do not know, my parents are divorced, and I am my mom's only child mm-hmm. and so I felt like I started to experience some of that tension pretty early on, and I think it's it's natural right like this is not a criticism of my mom because it's like who's not like how do you not like you don't come out of a divorce, right something as traumatic and difficult as divorce, especially with how difficult hers was. And like just immediately flow into like the perfect state of relationship with other people, right? Like it's a, it's a huge rupture. So there's a lot of normalizing and figuring it out. And I think we've come a long way and I'm really proud and grateful for the progress my mom has made. But undoubtedly earlier in the, in the time period, right. As we were kind of going through this process, there was this feeling like I had to be, I, I always said kind of like feeling like I was shouldering the responsibility of being like three kids and a husband. And what do I mean by that? Like if the average woman has, you know, I think it's like two point one, right? Is replacement rate. The average American woman, I think, has just under that two kids or one point nine kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like if that's kind of the average woman's experience, right? If they have multiple kids, so a lot of her friends had multiple kids, um, they're married or they're divorced, whatever the situation is, like you kind of have the average woman then has like three kind of primary people in her life. Mm-hmm. In the Catholic world, you might have more, right? That mm-hmm. are kind of like filling up your cup and like giving you purpose in a sense because Mm -hmm. i'm sure for you now like most of your purpose in life comes from me and jordan you know and vice versa for me absolutely um and yeah it's just it's it's like when a huge one that you can imagine like even the death of a spouse right like it'd be Mm -hmm. hard to not place that if you if you and i if god forbid you know like a a tragedy happened and one of us died like we'd struggle with that right Right. with jordan having one child it's like you become everything yeah and that can be really difficult and so I knew that there had to kind of be this separation in, in in preparation for marriage. And I was really blessed in a sense, even though it made it difficult. And I think we both struggled being so far apart, my mom and I, mm-hmm. um, like uh geographically, because of right. being in the army and, and working in Cincinnati. Like I haven't lived in Pennsylvania since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But it was really helpful in this process, I think, of like re-normalizing and restabilizing and kind of figure out like how can how can I step up in the midst of this? Yeah. You know, and still be a man and take responsibility and try to be there for my mom.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but not overdo it to where it's like detrimental to my life. Right. And I think for a lot of people, sorry, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I think this is important. I think for a lot of people, and I've experienced this going back to college, and it's so fun looking back now and like my thought process on different parts of my life, but it's so interesting to me that even back in college, I would hear certain men or women who were coming from broken homes and they felt like this loyalty to their moms or their families in general and would feel like, oh, I, I would join ROTC, but I didn't feel, I couldn't feel like I could leave my family or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And I was like, I felt that same pain. But I think one thing that God gave me a uh, great prudence and wisdom on was understanding you guys were coming, mm-hmm. right? That like, eventually I was going to have my own family and I also had to make decisions for them. Mm-hmm. And eventually I was going to have my own mission in life. And I also had to make decisions for that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, can you imagine me, Nathan Crankfield now as a speaker or podcast or whatever with no army experience? Right. You know, like just going into whatever I would have gone into. And it's not like I couldn't have been good in another way. Yeah. But just thinking about that and how uh, different it was. Right. And how important it was for me to be able to say, okay, I have to take responsibility for my life and still have, you know, care and love for my mother, but my primary responsibility someday will change. And the earlier I start to plan for that, doesn't mean I cut it off, but I just had to kind of make preparations for that.
1: Yeah, I think all of that is really great. And I think too many people, and this is kind of mentioned as well, um, maybe don't make that distinction early on. And so then when marriage and the change of vocations comes along, it's a lot harder for everybody involved. Um, mm-hmm. Or if they don't ever make that, distinction made especially when you go into marriage or once once you're married you know I, I've, I've heard that impact a lot of marriages if that kind of leaving as it says in scripture yeah it doesn't occur you know right um which i thought was really interesting them talking about that yeah because i mean yeah all that work that you did was so that we you know i would have confidence in your in that like i was your wife kind of thing you know in your yeah. mind or different things like that you know that we were your like immediate family
0: and like primary responsibility, and primary responsibility, yeah, in mm-hmm. priority,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's super important. This also implies this. The scripture implies a responsibility on parents to let their kids go. Yeah, that's another big one, which is a huge problem in today's society. And yeah. I think that you have to have awareness as the kid, as the as the child, as the son or the daughter, I should say. You mm-hmm. know, even if you're an adult to say, okay, if you're preparing for marriage or you think you're going to get married someday, like, how's that looking? You know, like you know, pretty much by the time you're like a senior in high school, whether or not you're going to have problems with,
1: it. yeah, 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 for sure,
0: right? You can look back on some moments and think about, like, yeah, I probably could have seen that this was going to be an issue or a struggle, right? Um, and so I think it, like preparing for that and having those conversations with your parents ahead of time, right, so that you're not like crossing boundaries afterwards, uh, is super super important because I think that you have a ton of helicopter parents. I think mm-hmm. you see it, um both ways i think it happens with a lot of parents but i do this is just total i'm totally speculating i want to know what if you push back on this but i think that moms are a bigger issue with that than dads
1: with sticking
0: like wanting to hold on to the kids to the
1: kids oh for sure yeah i would agree with that
0: yeah and so i think evaluating that and knowing how to have like those gentle conversations i had to have conversations like that with i remember having again talks like that with my mom or with my grandmother of just like I feel like there was this deep desire because I was kind of like the last grandchild on my um, mom's side of grandchildren. They had great grandchildren, but then like my mom's only child, like there was just like this experience of feeling like we want to keep you a boy. I
1: was going to say, keep you a baby. Yeah.
0: You want to like stay young. Yeah. And they don't want you to like grow up or like see you as a man. And that is. One, you can see, like, the absence of, like, the needed, the necessary father figure there. Mm -hmm. Because, like, a dad is the one that's supposed to, like, rein in mom on that. Yeah. You know? Of being like, hey, like, this is not the case anymore. You know? Like, you have to let the boy be a man. And we just have a ton of... We have a, a couple of generations deep now of, like, really passive fathers and then controlling kind of helicopter moms. Right. And then dads that don't, like, break that up at all. Right. And then you have it's sad because it leads into a lot of broken marriages.
1: Totally. One thing on that point um, that I just like a note that I had was this like emotional leaving, but um, this idea of like, if we can't leave people, we can't join people as well. If we can't leave and not only people, but or not only families and parents and stuff, but also our past relationships and how much our past relationships can like, or any attachment we have to things yeah. like that can impact as well. It's just sure. like a double-sided leaving so that you're more receptive and open to being in like this new vocation, this new relationship. Um, Yeah, it's just your – it's your family and it's also your past in a sense, good or bad, you know? Yeah. Um, Which I thought was really interesting.
0: What was it like for you being the – we talked about this maybe a little bit, but like being the woman of like changing your name and all of that. Like how did you feel? <laughs> and you have – a different experience, too, because you're just a lot closer with your family, especially yeah. your immediate family. Yeah. Um. But what was that journey like? Like, I think it's got to be crazy. Like, you're no longer a pull Now you're a crankful. You're still kind of a pull, but yeah. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, I've reflected on how surprisingly easy it was to, like... Yeah. We, we've talked about this before a little bit. Of, oh, well,
0: there are many people that struggle with it much more than you have. Yeah. For I, sure. Just especially... Getting used many. to the name and yeah. stuff like that. Writing it. There was it. A,
1: a moment the other day where I think I, well, like my Emily Hartpool email or whatever, still forwards to my Emily Crankfield email, oh, and nice. I've been using my Emily Crankfield one. But it, something popped up, and I was just like sitting there, kind of thinking about that. It was just like this weird, like it, like hit me again that I was not Hartpool anymore. Yeah, but I never really like I never really struggled with it. Not only. Not only like emotionally struggle with it, but also struggle to like remember that my name is Crankfield now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it just kinda came really easily, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but you're right, my family is super close knit. And um yeah, it just it's just kind of funny to kind of to think back about that. And and it and you know, it's biblical. The changing of name is a changing of mission in a yeah. you know, which I don't know. I just feel like something of the grace of the sacrament gave me the readiness and like the power to kind of just like the grace, yeah, you know, to be like, this is my new mission. This is who you're I am your, now.
0: You're in your Abraham era.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Let's go. Abraham, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Or Sarah. Sarah make more sense. Sarah. because She also changed. <laughs> your Abrahamic years. I'm not Emily really Greenfield. Abraham, but, um, only Sarah, only Sarah. <laughs> I'm not worthy to me either. Of
1: but, um, yeah, I just, uh, it came pretty easily. I don't know. What would you say? Like, well, and the other thing is we would joke about it a lot. We'd be like, Emily Harple's dead. You know, like,
0: she's deceased. <laughs> she's no longer here. She's no more. Do you think it helped with like a certain, like, death to self slash starting a new life? Yeah. Like, actually changing your name? Like, it well, really, like, marks.
1: It was a very, like, it was a mark. Yeah, for difference. sure. I mean, like, yeah, we didn't live together before marriage. We didn't, you know, we weren't intimate before marriage. We didn't do all these different things. And it was like a totally new, like way of life, right? Like I moved into your apartment. Yeah. I had a new name, you know, and and different things. I think that helped. I also was I remember being really like adamant that I wanted to legally change it really quickly. Like I yeah. got the legally legal changes really quickly.
0: Homegirl was on it.
1: Everything has changed. Yeah. So, and I know people who have gone.
0: You were on years, top of that sure.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know, I just feel like there was just like this like, well, this is who I am now. I know I need to change everything over, like I want to just have it done. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. I love it. It's interesting to me to think about, I'm going to be, God willing, you know, live a long life and I will be Emily Crankfield longer.
0: Yeah. Like when you hit I Yeah. In like 25 years, 26 years.
1: Yeah. I'll have been Emily Crankfield longer than Emily Harpool, which will be really interesting.
0: And to think, we've talked about this many times, of like more people over the span of your life will have known you yeah it's as emily crankfield. crankfield yeah it is that's a wild thing to think about because you think about like your friend's parents right yeah. like you like you forget that they ever had a maiden
1: name oh my gosh yeah
0: you know like yeah yeah yeah. you think of like your best friends growing up or like your i don't know like even like aunts or uncle oh you know aunts yeah not uncles Um, uh, well, unless depending yeah, on yeah. your family yeah unless you're in san francisco <laughs> <Stop>. um <laughs> oh man progressive jokes anyways um you know what i'm saying though? Really like you think yeah. about like they had a maiden name it's kind of crazy um but very cool so yeah. i love it any anything for you kind of just kind of opening up notes wise
1: um i don't know i i love well we had this reading in our wedding mass so it's always kind of fun to to look back on it i remember that um Another just like beautiful point to of reflection, especially now having Jordan, is talking about um, you know, the two shall become one flesh and how we say that kind of in a hypo or not a hypological way, like in a like a symbolic way that we are one flesh, right? But yeah. we're still physically separate. But then when we see our children, our child now and our future children, like that is us in one. I flush. don't
0: know why that was so profound for me.
1: Isn't that crazy? It yeah, was, it it was like, simple. Yeah, it's obvious.
0: Simple.
1: But maybe because I mean, like, he's just like new and he Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Is such a combo of the two of yeah, us. He'll
0: be like physically you can see it.
1: Physically you can see both. But like
0: literally two people become one person. Yeah. And, like they're they're a mix of you. Yeah. It's you nuts. know. Yeah. Like he's crazy like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's and not funny like crazy, me. honestly. He's kinda crazy.
1: He's goofy. He's
0: just, he's goofy. He's squealing. Yeah. He's goofy like you. Yeah, correct. correct. Like me. Let me go back. I'm going to edit that out. He's goofy like you, <laughs> and he's funny like me. No, I think, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. It's awesome to to think about that and how, like, that truly is the the magic in a sense of procreation, right? That, like, yeah. two people become one.
1: Participate. And then
0: it's just, just, boom, there's another human. Yeah. There's a little knucklehead at home.
1: And Jordan is just, like, such a combo of the two of us. Nobody can ever say who he looks more like because he's just, like, so both of us right that it's just the perfect example of that like it really yeah hit that hit home the weird one flush
0: yeah and it is i remember i shared this some on my divorce podcast but it makes me think of some stuff from the divorce uh life giving wounds retreat adult children of divorce retreat that i went on and it talked about how like there's so much beauty and this is kind of my other point is um another th- thought that i wrote down from it was our children reflect back to us how secure they feel in our marriage, mm-hmm. that. and so much of that comes from this understanding that the other the other symbology of the two becoming one is that the wrong use of the word. I
1: don't
0: know symbolism.
1: Symbolism, yeah, symbolism.
0: Symbology. symbology. I'm gonna look that up. That's probably not a word. I
1: don't think it
0: is. You should have seen the face she gave me when I said symbology. <laughs> I was on a roll too. I felt like I had oh, momentum. So you know. And then it was like, yeah, the symbolism like
1: of the two become one.
0: The symbolism. Go, Go for it. The symbolism, the symbolism of the two becoming one is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, right, right. So the love between the Father and the Son so strong that it actually becomes embodied. Is that the proper use of the yeah. word? Mm-hmm. Thank you, ma'am. Um, And you can tell which one of us is more educated. Um, It becomes embodied and it well, becomes a third person, right?
1: Yeah, but. Sorry, that just got really like theological in my mind, but yeah, but yeah, the love between the father and the son, or father and the son, becomes the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah, from that comes the Holy Spirit. Right. You want to be careful when you're talking about the Trinity of like, oh, I'm gonna get all nerdy theological.
0: Be a nerd because
1: you don't want to say like becomes in the sense of like, the Holy Spirit came after the Father and the Son.
0: Yeah, it's okay. weird
1: like Trinitarian theology stuff, yeah. right? Where like, they always existed.
0: But it flows from. And
1: their relationship is basically love. Yeah, they flow from each other. Like emanate is what usually is said.
0: Emanates. Yeah. There we go. You're me with the words I think today. that's right. Yeah. Man, Look
1: at hey, that.
0: At the end of the day, we are you just two nothing. people. Yeah, we're, we're just... just two people with two microphones. So don't, don't go around telling people stuff we say. Because <laughs> you're probably sound
1: Especially theological.
0: Stuff. Yeah. Just don't. I honestly just turn this off.
1: I okay. want a priest to like hear that part and be like, "Yeah, Emily said the right word."
0: Father Meyer might listen to it. He might. So and he'll he'll text us for sure. Okay. So uh, what I'm, what I'm getting at though is that you get the security from your parents' love, mm-hmm. and there's something deep that happens in divorce where you start to wonder. You know, it it does kind of rupture your identity in a sense when the the love, you know, when you think about it that way, when it, um. You think about this kind of Trinitarian love and how the family unit represents that when there seems to be this break between the two parties whose love created you, or if there never was love there for your creation, it just, it messes up with a lot of things, right? And it just, it, it, what it needs to do is push you even further into finding your identity and finding healing through God. Through God, yeah. Right? Who is your true father and understanding the Trinitarian, the Trinity's love for you. Yeah um and how it's expressed differently in different ways from the three persons of the trinity yeah and through the saints and and the church as a whole right as your family as your true family but yeah i just think that's really important for us to understand as parents as well that like part of the there's obviously a lot of secular wisdom out there that says don't fight in front of your kids um
1: yeah and
0: i think that that's one of the beautiful things about it doesn't mean you can't show like how to have healthy disagreement but if you're like really going at it yeah better do that behind closed doors yeah and to seem like you're unified or to be unified yeah. in front of the children. And I think that's a big part of that is not just to be like, oh, you know, mommy and daddy don't fight, but to actually help them to feel secure. Feel secure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's the saying that like the best thing you can do for your kids is go home and love your spouse. your spouse. Yeah. 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 And be unified. That's like that what you were talking about. I don't know if it was a reel or something that you saw the other day that was talking about how every when your kids ask you for like something.
0: oh yeah you uh you need two yeses for yes and one no for no yeah yeah it was like parenting advice
1: so the parents never go against each other
0: exactly yeah you can't pit one parent against the other we all did that growing up right like you you get a no from one parent can i go sleep over at so and so's house no and it's like all right bet, i'm gonna ask dad when he gets home you know i'm gonna Uh try to butter him up or whatever yeah yeah and it's like their thing was like, yeah, you get a yes from one parent. You have to still get the yes from the other. Yeah. And then if one says no. It's, it's just, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's no more discussion. On and
1: think it. of how unified you have to be as a couple to like trust the other person's decision making.
0: Yeah. You know. enforce that. And yeah. There's a certain mutual submission, some would say. And oh. that. Ooh. Pretty incredible.
1: Pretty incredible. <laughs> Love it.
0: Fun stuff. Hey, we're not there yet. Don't jump ahead. Hey. All right. I'll hold myself back. I appreciate that. Um, anything else?
1: Yeah, I just you know, um the retreat, also theology of the body, you know, Christopher West, all these different people kind of talk about the different aspects of love and the depth, you know, what what is love truly? It's faithful, fruitful, yeah.
0: That's what I was gonna get all to that kind name. of stuff. The four Fs. Um, the four F's.
1: <laughs> do you want to get into that or do you
0: Yeah, no, I think that's I think yeah. that's great.
1: Freely, fully, faithful, fruitful. Um Ooh.
0: You want to explain those a little bit?
1: Yeah. First of all, I mean, I guess just like freely that you're just um, free to love. You're not, you know, that's in the, all of these are, are represented in the marriage vows at a Catholic wedding mass, you know? Yeah. Um. Right. That you can't be forced to be there, coerced to be there, or anything right. like that. Right. But also that you aren't like previously married and not an old or something like that. Like that you're free
0: to Actually love. free to get married. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fully, obviously, that you're not holding anything back. So, you know, um, that's pretty-
0: <laughs> 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 that was a profound explanation <laughs> of fully, you're not holding, fully like
1: you. are not like holding anything back. You're not like
0: like full, <laughs> <laughs> like it's full. Like thinking your stomach on Thanksgiving, like oh full. my god, no, like fully, all right, faithfully,
1: and then you don't go away from that too. Yeah, Amen. faithfully that you stay true to each other. Um, and then, obviously, fruitfully, um, oftentimes, obviously, we think of this as, you know, having children, but babies, also just living a fruitful life and adding to society. I guess <laughs> I don't know what else I describe. That. You know what I mean? I just, I just want to make a distinction. Kids. If you can't have kids,
0: explain more things because you just, can...
1: if you don't have, if you can't have kids, it doesn't mean you're not
0: fruitful in your marriage. Is what you're, you know. That aside, oh my gosh! Just a quick side note. Just my favorite segment we've ever done together. What's we'll you expecting <laughs> We're gonna definitely include it. It's gonna be and it's gonna be like random. I, you know what out. we need to do? You know what we need to start doing. No, seriously, seriously, seriously. This should be a segment that we do. Uh, tell me, tell me, because you're not gonna guess this. But I want to hear what your guess is. What do like, you think?
1: Pull see? out like clips of it. And... No. Oh, okay. What, not, even, not even seg- close. Segment. Not okay. even
0: close. A new segment that we're gonna do is we're gonna start doing whatever whatever the Kelsey brothers respond to Swifties explaining football. Oh, okay. I want you to do that for Swiftie girls.
1: No, I will. I we'll I'll start
0: doing it. like a Catholic women's version of that. Okay. And you'll just explain. No dumb questions. Things. Yeah, like what is offensive pass interference? You know, <laughs> you could just break it down. I'll break it
1: down for the Catholic girlies. There
0: you go. We'll we'll look into that. But okay. I want to go back here. Okay. Which of these four? Um, which of these four do you, have you found most difficult? In your marriage, do you think
1: most difficult? Interesting. Yeah. Has there been one? Um.
0: If you feel comfortable sharing,
1: I am manipulated into this.
0: No, we need talk about this. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually forcing her to answer. <laughs>
1: just
0: <laughs> gripping her knee right now.
1: <laughs> I am not free. Help. I would say freedom is probably my biggest.
0: Tell about your marriage. favorite thing that I do.
1: Oh, yeah. He just did it every time. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Nathan sometimes in public, everybody in public. Yeah, if he's like, if that's I'm the best place to do it. <laughs> if I'm doing something goofy or like messing with him or something like that, or if I say something silly
0: or being weird or
1: being weird or something. Yeah, it's said like goofy weird. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan will like if we're in the car, he'll like roll down the window and yell out "help" outside, the window. <laughs> or like in public, Help. we're walking around. That's literally that's the that's the yeah, that's how loud it is. <laughs> That's how loud it is. That's exactly what it sounds like. Or you
0: like, like fog the window and write it on the window backwards. <laughs> and you
1: know? I'm like, one of these days somebody Sh- is. Shana,
0: I got that from Dan. Come- Shannon.
1: Okay. Well, some one of it's these cool. days somebody is going to actually like come and be concerned about it.
0: Well, I hope so. Ugh. That is the purpose of the call for help. Is <laughs> <laughs> that you want help? Help. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. um. So, anyways. I don't
1: know if one is like harder
0: i think uh, i'll answer if you don't want to answer no yeah um if you're being shy that's okay i'm being shy you can be i'm feeling that was a that was an invasive question okay go um i think that the two hardest for me have been uh fully and freely Uh, now freely i think was the thing that was interesting here was he he talked about like you you i think explained these really well in talking about like kind of entering into marriage but within the context of marriage yeah. they kind of take on different meanings right as they're lived out not take on different meanings but living them out is different than like just showing up to enter into the contract true, true, true. you know yeah. the covenant um i shouldn't say contract um just like faithfully was really interesting so he talked about and faithfully he said uh or i guess correct something i got from uh faithfully was that it's not just limited to adultery yeah but faithfully also means believing in your spouse.
1: Mm, I like that one. Yeah. You know, yeah,
0: believing, uh, knowing, and believing in your spouse fully. We are called to give all of ourselves for all of our lives. Yeah, right. I think I think it's just that's hard. Yeah, right. Like sure. I think that's been challenging. Like, just you know, when you're tired, or you know, especially when you have a yeah. kid, it brings in a whole nother level of this. Um, but when you're just you know tired, or you don't want to feel like doing something, or
1: of the night,
0: yeah, just difficult things you you know would make the other person happy, or you know provide them an easier path to virtue and holiness, because I think that's a big part of marriage is just trying to like facilitate your growth in virtue. Uh Right. Like that's my role is just to like, there's something to like when you make my lunch and it just like makes it easier for me to be holy that day. It's like a silly thing that people don't really think about, but like that's truly what it does when I don't have to break my day to go get trash food. And then I feel worse. Like when I have like a good meal that I can just go and get like, limits my decision fatigue you know what i mean like my whole so much is lifted up in that and i think that's what a lot of marriage is and that's hard to do right it's hard to get up and make lunch every day or whatever it is those kinds of things yeah um i think freely is also one because it's also not just about entering into marriage freely but it's about us not controlling each other yeah and not me forcing you to love me in the way that i want to be loved and vice versa And that I think is also really hard to do because Because love
1: languages thing kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then you just like, you get into it and it's hard because like marriage is a trip, right? Because it's like, you're dating for a while. For some people, it's like, you've known each other for a long time. yeah I was just talking with a friend of mine today of like, she's getting married to a guy. Uh, next summer and they've been dating for multiple years and like knew each other in elementary school and it's like wow that kind of stuff's hard because then you enter into marriage and it's a whole new ball game yeah but at the same time it's with somebody that you've kind of been rocking with for a while right like you've kind of been playing together for a while but now you're like fully in it and it's just like you just want to be like get it right now right you know like why does it take long yeah i think that's something that you know i've i've struggled with within our within marriage and Within my life, right of just like, I am very you know like my um number one strength. Oh, we got to do a Strength Finders episode. We should. I forgot about that. That's fun. But it's um, what's it called? Uh, my number one strength is every any. This is a fun fact about Evelyn. If I ever say like, what is this word or oh, what I is just blanks, thing, just gone, gone, which is hilarious because the only other person I know that that is true for is my mom. Yeah, and it- I mean just drives me crazy beyond all belief wait
1: is it activator or no
0: activator yeah i wow. got
1: it see i got it back i got I it would
0: dap you up right now if it wouldn't like rock up the microphones i'm really proud of you thank you that means a lot <laughs> activator which is all about taking action right like i'm yeah. action oriented yeah. i have an idea like i'm like let's get it started yeah because if you get getting started is the hardest part right? right and so i'm always like let's go and would you say that maybe you operate differently yeah that'd be safe to say
1: yeah but you struggle like following through with things. That was a happy point. Correct. Which I sometimes am stronger at that, you know, so yeah. it kind of works out with those kind of things. But you have yeah, different
0: definitely... strengths and that's the whole point, right? Yeah, be exactly. Complimentar- complimentary. Yeah. Complementarity. Be complementary. Yes. For each other. And, but it's hard as hell because it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you like, you right. want to marry somebody that's different than you, then you get married to somebody that's different than you and you're like, be like me. Right, exactly. You know.
1: Well, and then also with like the freedom of also making sure we're free from our own kind of wounds mm. so that we can, you know. Yes. Love people the way that they deserve or they want to be loved and different things like that. And sometimes our own wounds are what hold us back from that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, which is why this is like partially a healing conference, you know, like yeah. a healing retreat and stuff to heal yeah. from that.
0: Yeah, and I think to go back to the fully part, too, of giving all of yourselves for all of your lives, just, I mean, you can pray about that and think about that almost every day. And for me, I, I think especially come from a divorced home and just like family that was divorced or never married and children out of wedlock, like, and, and you don't have to be from that in order to feel this way, but never fully understand like the primacy of marriage. mm Which maybe we can get into a little bit of that with like other sacraments.
1: What do you mean by that? That really
0: lean in towards it. Ah, You know, like Mm. how every other sacrament is in a sense like a symbol of marriage. Right. And how marriage is the only sacrament that is like the symbol of salvation. Right. The unity of Christ in the church.
1: Well, and this is like Theology of the Body 101. Theology of the Body is like.
0: Preach it, sis. Go off. My little little T.O.B. queen. (laughs) (laughs) Give us some. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. Was that like your favorite like, title ever? Yeah, lit up. Um, Stars in her eyes.
1: I remember, I think it was Dr. Swafford once was saying like- I met him. <laughs> Dr. Swafford once said something about um like theology of the body, marriage, sexuality, that kind of stuff like literally is the gospel, right? And that's why you, you say this Trinitarian right. imagery and stuff. And because I think somebody was asking him like, why are you so focused on these things or why is it so important? I'm pretty sure it was Dr. Swafford. It might have also been Christopher West in like some senses as well. But um like it is the gospel, right? It's this relationship that we are called to relationship. We are called to be fruitful and procreate and and those kind of things and how um when done well, it is just like it's just meant to be an image of Christ. It's an image of the Lord, you know. Um, and that's what marriage is is based off of. And so that's why theology of the body is so important because it's like the study of god in the body right yeah theology study of god in the body right you know and just like yeah yeah it's like it's amazing that's why it's so important and it, it flows from or you know everything in our church is really marital imagery yeah you know the bridegroom the bride you know wedding feast all that kind of stuff it's it's all marital imagery
0: yep yeah yeah, and I think that's just so powerful. You know, it's yeah. just really amazing to see how just important and central it is.
1: Well, and why is it so attacked? Because it's like exactly, exactly. Yep. If you don't have marriage, if you don't have these things, none the of our faith makes sense. Right, yep. that relationship, that self, self-sacrificial love, all that kind of stuff. And so,
0: which points know. to yeah. I mean, and not only is marriage attacked, marriage attacked. It's attacked in like. 80 million different ways.
1: Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
0: You see it from not only like the definition of it to think about like same sex marriage and all hosts of other things. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, But you also have just even little things like we're talking about, you know, of don't have kids within marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. Can you attack any of those four things? Right. We have like this increase now of, you know, the Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith, like these gross, like polyamorous, you know what I mean? Like sex outside of marriage is fine um not just before marriage but even afterwards like just yeah. kind of like open relationships right? right so you have like that increasing you have um obviously the fullness of it is attacked and has been attacked since the beginning of time the devil has tried to get people just to withhold themselves or part of themselves from marriage each other. and then fruitfulness yeah you know i just saw this really terrible um video of this guy he used to kind of like he, he he's the host of impact theory i always forget his name um, but he used to interview a lot of really interesting people. This is like one of the first times I saw David Goggins was on his show. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just got like, he's just like too humanist, like secular, you know, personal development. It just got like too much for me. He just, mm-hmm. I never really liked him. I just like the people he interviewed. But he had this really terrible thing about like guessing that people. Married couples that don't have kids end up happier because they just have more money and more time and get to do whatever they want mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And like the comments just destroyed him. It's like an Instagram reel of his. And it was amazing to see that. But it's like you see this increase in secular people of let's just not have kids. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's like all these different aspects of marriage just get like constantly attacked. Right. And I think, yeah, it is because of the primacy kind of aspect of it.
1: Yeah. It's essential to our faith.
0: Yeah. And even just, I mean, how many Catholics have a bad view of it, you know? Yeah. And a mis, yeah, misunderstanding of what marriage really is. But when you understand how important it is, not only does it help you in your like actual marriage, but then you also have um, the marriage aspect of, like, once, once you're, like, even getting to a place where you feel like you're discerning marriage or you think you're going to be married someday, that you actually are... Uh, preparing for in the way that you should, right? Because you understand that this, it helps me to understand that this is the primary vehicle through which God is going to sanctify me. Mm. Helps me to be like, I better give my all in this. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's like, even if I felt tempted, which I never really do, I don't think to like, be like, I'm going to really make my work my number one priority or something like that or something else. Yeah. It's like, that just is so dumb. It doesn't make Literally, any sense. This is what
1: will get us to heaven or not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think when you look into that, when you start to have this kind of breakdown in order of, of the seven pillars, right? When they start to get like out of whack, there's something you don't believe in church teaching. Because if you believe church teaching, your your life kind of naturally orders itself properly. Right. Now you're going to waver and make mistakes and get kind of out of whack, different seasons, whatever. But if you take this is why prayer and like silence and reflection is so important, because if you have that and you believe like we do, that heaven is real, that mm-hmm. hell is real, a final judgment is coming, that God wants you to be safe, that God wants you to be a saint, he wants you to be holy. If you believe that marriage is this, you know, beautiful sacrament and the primary vehicle through which you're going to be sanctified and
1: mm-hmm. become
0: holy, then like, how do you make anything else more important that, than your family? Right. You know, like it's basic math. It's not really like a complicated, it's not like, that's not deep. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's just like some simple stuff that if you actually believe what you say you believe, you're going to live differently. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, those are my thoughts on that. I love it. Thank you for listening. Of course. Thanks everybody for coming today. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Another thing that was really interesting for me was um, we talked, there was this kind of portion on Discussing Satanists randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about that. <laughs> and, I don't think this is like actually like in the notes or anything like that. It was just this like is something games. I wrote down voluntarily, freely. Some would say. <laughs> and it's it, they were talking about. Someone was talking about how they've done like psychological work with people who are like ex-Satanists.
1: Mm, like, yeah, I remember this. One. Um,
0: so see, it was important.
1: Yeah, yeah, I forgot.
0: Um, and they said, "What do you?" like spend your most time attacking, you know, this kind of goes into what we're already saying, Yeah. but this hits on, I think on an even deeper level of like Satanists believe that their number one target should be the priesthood and marriages and married families. And if they can tear that apart, then
1: they'll yeah. basically win
0: the war, Yeah. which they never win the war, but they'll make, they'll win as many souls as they can yeah. to the dark side, which is not good. Um. But yeah. And, and I think, you know, This concept of, like, when you and I become enemies, the enemy wins.
1: Yeah. Right, that we are in the same fight against the enemy. (laughs) We're not the enemy of each other.
0: Have you experienced that? How do you feel like, do you notice, you know, there's kind of like this, this, like, uh, trend, I guess, if you will. I've seen it on a lot of reels of, like, you see, like, a kid or somebody just, like, do something ratchet or stupid or mean, and it's like they let their intrusive thoughts win. Yeah. Like, how have you felt or experienced that in your own, journey of just like the intrusive thoughts that kind of creep in that um maybe the times you feel like tempted to make me the enemy make you the enemy instead of the enemy the enemy hmm
1: that's really interesting um i just feel like intrusive thoughts are always like kind of coming up if they you know you can like when you reflect on it you can see how this is just played out over and over again
0: yeah
1: um i think our biggest thing and just like being transparent like one of the things that we've had a lot of like tension on especially post baby is just always feeling like we both seem to always feel like we're doing so much and the other person's not recognizing it yeah it makes sense. and i think that's like an area where the intrusive thoughts kind of come in of like the devil being like oh well like you're doing all this work or you're up with the baby and yeah score sleep yeah the score keeping kind of stuff yeah how mm-hmm. much um, you see that all the time you see that like there's funny reels and jokes about that but it's like it's part. It's funny because it's so real for so many people that they just like you know are always trying to keep score or feeling like they have to keep score and whatnot I think that kind of stuff um I would say that's probably the biggest thing that comes to mind of like how those thoughts kind of creep in or maybe just like insecurities within the marriage too or just you know with past relationships or um yeah maybe even like your experience with your mom or different things like that like how those things can kind of creep in and the devil just starts to like bite away at my like strength there if that makes sense and my mm-hmm. trust you know and, and whatnot um this can kind of come in does that answer the question that you yeah for? yeah what about you
0: yeah i think um yeah i mean there's so many ways i think we don't talk about that enough especially i think it's, it's big with with chastity i think and, and doesn't get talked about enough with like young boys and chastity of like it's so so often I it doesn't always happen this way, but a lot of things can be like just like don't have the thoughts. And it's like you can't just not have the yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Not yeah. in today's world. Yeah. Right. Five hundred years ago, yes, you can just not have the thoughts because yeah. women were dressed like women dressed today in Iraq. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. with that, like, yeah, it's pretty easy to not have the thoughts. Right. And probably then it was still hard, because you're still going through like these hormonal changes and things right. like that. But if you're never exposed to it, then it's easy to not have the thoughts. Right. Um, something I thought was really powerful was this concept of like you could argue that All of us have been sexually harassed or assaulted in our lives because of the culture and how sexually exploiting everything is and how we're exposed to so many sexual images from such a young age. Yep. And that's really unique to our time, right? Before TV and magazines and stuff, even like you didn't have that. Right. Um, But especially before TV and the internet, like accelerated it a hundred, a thousand fold. Yeah. And so I think that's that's one area, but I think when you start to understand it in any of the areas, it helps to cross over, right? And you just have to again go back to the basic math. For me, is understanding like I'm going to have these thoughts, and sometimes they're really terrible and awful, yeah. whether it's towards you or somebody else. Like sometimes you have ones that you're they're so outrageous it's that you're like, "This outrageous. wasn't what the what yeah. what the hell this is, is this?" Me. Yeah, it's like this is you like too far, you know? Like you like you <laughs> tell like your demon tempter or whatever It's like, dude, like you're really you. you you should be more subtle you know if you're trying to make progress like subtlety is a little bit more useful like that was just so ridiculous so like let's just get that out of here and so um those i think are a little bit easier almost in a sense because they're so crazy that you can just be like you at least should if you have like some type of a conscience still yeah be like no, no 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 no. that wasn't me that's ridiculous yeah it's those little subtle ones that just kind of eat at you where you have to actually correct the narrative and i think something Jordan Peterson talks a lot about is like the stories you tell yourself. Mm. And I think in marriage, you have to tell yourself a lot of stories about the other person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so there could be like positive for, stories. You have, you have to, to make tell. negative stories, positive ones.
1: I see. I see. Okay. Today.
0: I forget to put out the trash. Yeah. You have an opportunity there to be like, he's always doing other stuff. He's always on his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he's so worried about his work or whatever it yeah, might be. Yeah. Right. And be like, Oh, that's why he didn't do it. Yeah. Or you can say, you know, he was really focused on X, Y, or Z. I'm grateful he got me my coffee this morning. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah, look yeah. at the other positive things and be like, and he was running late because he did this, and he spent time leading us in prayer this morning. Yeah. And so that's why you know he was in a rush out this you know yeah. to go to mass. You know? are you
1: literally talking about this morning? Because you are. No, I am. Nine. I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah. No, that's. I mean, this is
1: like exactly. What that's a real this example. Week.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a good one. Yeah. You no, know what exactly. I mean? And you didn't. This isn't, it, I thought it was a good example because it wasn't, I mean, oh, maybe, no, I didn't think
1: anything maybe you that. had
0: these thoughts. I don't know, <laughs> I don't but it's like, think. we didn't fight about it. So that's why I thought it was a good example. <laughs> was, i was just glad that I remembered the trash. Because <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. It's always, that's worse. That's, yeah. If we both forget it. That's what it's really, bad. When it's really, it's really bad. You know, but yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, those are the kinds of things yeah. that I think give you this opportunity to be like, okay, I can tell the story in a negative light or yeah. I can make it a positive thing.
1: Yeah, This is just giving benefit of the doubt.
0: Right. That's really what it comes down to.
1: Especially if you're like secure, if you have like worked enough to be secure enough in your marriage, you can just give benefit of the doubt because, you know, like the person, I think a big thing, maybe a lie that comes into mind is like that this person is like out to get me or they're like intentionally trying to hurt me or forget things because they intentionally want to bother me, you know? Yeah. And um, that can even be more damaging because you're just assuming that the person is doing things negatively towards you. It's a horrible way to live. Yeah.
0: It's very miserable. Yeah.
1: So, like, why not just give the benefit of the doubt rather than, like, always just, like, be down or ex- just expecting the other person to be trying to hurt you, does yeah. that makes sense. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, maybe you are – maybe there's an abusive situation and there's, like, really bad – like, the person is actually trying to hurt you emotionally, you know, God forbid, physically or something like that. But, like, in a healthy marriage and stuff like that, you shouldn't be assuming that the person is trying to hurt you rather yeah. like assume that they forgot
0: but i also don't want to make it sound like that's easy
1: oh it's not because easy at giving all
0: the benefit of the doubt is not easy no, absolutely not over time it's yeah. easy it's easy when you're when you're young and in love and in the honeymoon stage i it's i am of the opinion that the honeymoon stage ends when you have a kid <laughs> it may end when you get pregnant in certain ways like in certain ways I speak i'm not right. saying it's totally over i'm not saying we're not still having fun but the honeymoon stage of like they could do no wrong this is perfect like it wraps up a little earlier.
1: Oh, for sure, but I. Most. But I mean, it's definitely hard to give the benefit of the doubt. But I think that it's like a mentality you have to
0: definitely take on. But I know? just want to give people, if they're struggling with that, oh, okay. I don't want to make it sound like we've just
1: we have absolutely
0: not. <laughs> undefeated and giving each other. Because we make it sound it's we simple, know that this but not is like easy. Very active in our lives. It's know? simple, but not easy. Amen. But it sounds like you did it really well this morning, so I'm proud of you. Hey, thank you. <laughs> you put that trash out, girl. I sure did. You went and handled it. I did. You saw something need to be done? Did it. And you did it. <laughs> That's my girl. See, need felony. That's my wife. That's our motto. All right. So jumping ahead here. Jumping ahead here. Um, Ephesians five. Okay. What are your thoughts? <laughs> we'll I want you to answer the question. This, cause this was the podcast. This is what I'm going to lead with, with uh, the Ortega. The title was. Oh,
1: the mutual Submission. What's well,
0: the answer, the, the question they were seeking to answer was, "Who gets the final say?" Ah. What is your belief on on that? Kind of generally speaking, interesting. Yeah, with this concept of mutual submission, which I take some issue with, and I'm happy to elaborate on it if, if needed.
1: I don't think that in in large life altering decisions within marriage that there should just be like one person totally overpowering the other be it the man or the woman if it's like a large decision does that make sense yeah you know what i mean
0: i don't think overpowering is a word i would use but if it came down to here's do you want me to give you the example i'm gonna i'm gonna give them because they're not gonna hear this before it comes out okay so let's say you have because i think this is something that i find challenging and i thought i thought it kind of happened on their podcast and i love their podcast by the way and i thought they did a good job explaining this topic there are some things that i would push back on and i'll push back when i talk to them and we can discuss it but i feel like a lot of times the examples that are given sometimes can paint the man in a bad light and be like oh so this is why he needs to lighten up because he doesn't understand so their example that they gave was about um a woman who is you know not sure if she wants to have more kids or at least not right now Mm -hmm. and a husband who does want more kids Mm -hmm. And they talked about how, like, there's a lot of chemical imbalances and physical healing and all this stuff that happens. And I'm like, yeah, that's something that the husband should probably just be more reasonable on. Yeah. But let me give you a different example. Let's say that there's kids. Let's say you have a, a husband and wife. The wife's staying at home. Um, but because the wife's staying at home, they can only afford. Uh, let's say they, they feel like they can't homeschool or whatever. Like yeah. they can only afford to send the kids to public school. Mm-hmm. Public school is getting crazy. Mm-hmm. Husband says we need to send the kids to Catholic school. Uh, You don't want to homeschool, so you're going to have to go back to work in order for us to send the kids to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Kind of how do you feel about that? Wife's well, like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. They are disagreeing on this. They've prayed mm-hmm. and discerned. You know, I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, you just pray and discern, have an open heart. Yeah. They're, quote unquote, playing and discerning. This happens in marriages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people have huge fundamental differences in, in disagreements. Yeah. And they don't come to uh, a cross. Like, they don't come to yeah, a yeah. mutual agreement. Yeah. To mutually agree with joy, as someone would say. Who do you think should ultimately get the the final say in a situation like that?
1: Okay, I'll throw this back at <laughs> you because I have like another example that Please. goes with this. I'm dropping the Swaffords a lot, but they give us a lot of marriage advice. They do, yeah. But um I remember Dr. Swafford talking about their the way that they went about it or something like this. I think it was a marriage talk he gave on campus when I was in college um but he was talking about how they like had decided at the beginning of their marriage that they were going to have that like sarah the wife was going to i'm saying like as wife as wife just so it's like like yeah, so, so it's like more of a general sarah's the woman in this yeah. couple <laughs> Stop. so the wife and I, I i like this and this is gonna go to your point and this is gonna be me agreeing with you
0: which is because i feel like you have agreed more with the takers than the swaffords on this
1: okay i know <laughs> but
0: as a plate okay but anyways no we even ahead. had
1: like a I'm massive sorry. thing like this it like hasn't
0: it. applied to our marriage we've only so talked about it theoretically just, we've
1: only appeared, yeah theoretically but
0: we disagree theoretically
1: it's not true <laughs> so i think that you going okay like in going into marriage, you didn't understand totally the mutual submission too. Like that, there was like a two sided of it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I still don't fully. believe okay, but mutual submission. Okay,
1: but you're okay. Well, we're excited to hear your next podcast. online. Anyways, what they said was the wife like basically has like a free reign to make all the like small decisions in the day to day life. Basically, For sure. so yeah. she was making decisions on, you know, house stuff or food or. Day to day decisions to the kids: Are they going to do sports? Blah, blah blah blah. Obviously, she would talk to her husband about that, whatever. Um, but he said that he, they decided that he would have the final say on any other large decision. But what was interesting about when he said that was he's like, "I've only used it twice." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's kind of
0: like I don't think it's a very common thing. Exactly. And I think, this is which where I, I think it's good is my disagreement with a lot of people who push back on that not being just the clear answer. Yeah. 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 Because I don't think that it's something that's meant to be used all the time, but I think people are so afraid to say that. Yeah. That, that, it's
1: like, just, yeah. it's like discipline with kids, right? If like you discipline them well early on and different things like that, like that, that hopefully you don't have to continue doing that, you know, like, like having yeah. like big moments with kids, if that makes sense. But like, yeah, used few and far between, but then having the final say as the, Head of the household,
0: right? I think two things, just really quickly, as we wrap up on this. I Got really
1: excited. I can see it.
0: I want to. Well, I knew that you you'd said that to me before. We agreed on this before we got married, and then I feel like you were.
1: Well, I think the big thing is like making sure it's like pushing against. It's
0: like in
1: really crucial moments. It's like used.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah. And that is not mutual submission. There's times that's not the case. Okay. Okay. I think that mutual submission does apply well to the earlier example we gave with the two yeses, one no. Right. That's over the realm of the kids where the parents do have both have authority. Right. Right. But over the the authority over the family. I see. But the the father is the priest of the home as the leader of the home. Yeah. That means that the ultimate responsibility comes on the father, which is why I think that he gets the final say. This is this is let me give you my example. So listen to their podcast. I thought they did a beautiful analogy talking about how husband and wife, in a sense, are like a coach and a team captain like Mm. a really, really seasoned, well-respected team captain. I thought of like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah. Right. Like Tom had a ton of authority in the room. Yeah. He was referred to like, he's a coach. You know what I mean? Like he had a lot of say, he ran the offense. Yeah. Where I disagreed with him is I felt like they were like, sometimes like the, the, the team captain might have full, like the coach, if it's a good coach would just be like, you, you run the, the ship.
1: Yeah.
0: If they were on the, the, they scored a touchdown. And they were down by one and they had to decide if they're going for one or two. It's not a mutual decision. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's making that call. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's overtime and they're deciding if they're going to go for a field goal or go for a touchdown, like Bill Belichick has to make that decision. That if they're going to do an onside kick, like those crucial, very rare, most of the games they won by 20, yeah. right? Most of the games it didn't come down to this. If it's the Super Bowl and you've got Russell Wilson and you've got Pete Carroll and you're deciding if you're going to run or pass on the last play of the game <laughs> and you need a touchdown, Pete calls the play.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And why is that?
1: I'm going to have to explain this to the Swifty, Catholic Swifties. You
0: are. Yeah, for sure. You you just threw out a lot of football. But I think, in in my understanding, my belief Mm -hmm. in this, is that when you have a leader, if you say that the husband is the head of the house, if you say that the husband is the leader of the family, which I believe that all of us agree he is,
1: right? Yeah.
0: then who at the podium is going to be asked about whether they went for one or two? Not Tom Brady.
1: Right.
0: It's going to be Bill Belichick. Right. He's the one responsible for whether they win or lose. Tom Brady's right. responsible for what he does and how he executes the play that's called. But Bill Belichick is the one responsible and hell and gets fired. They don't, they don't get rid of Tom Brady if they choose to go for two, right. It right, has no right. impact on his. Yeah. And I think that at the end of our lives, our accountability for what happens in our family, I am held more responsible than you Interesting. as the leader of the family. If you're the leader, it's just like when you're a platoon leader, and platoon sergeant, yeah. right. It's like, In any circumstance where you have somebody who is the head of something, you know, if you have a CEO of a company and you have a very, very strong right-hand VP that in the absence of the CEO runs everything and they're equal and they work as partners most of the time, the CEO is still the one that at the end of the quarter is on the hot seat if shit's looking bad. Right. And I think the same thing goes for the eternal, you know, I think that part of my judgment at the end of my life is going to be you and the kids. And part of this will be mine as well, right? Sure. You're supposed to help to facilitate oh, yeah. my holiness and help people yeah, yeah. close to holiness for sure. And I think that a humble husband understands that and appreciates that. Yeah. And it's not something that you just lord it over other people. Right. Just like in, in Mark 10, right? The last shall be first. And uh, you see how those, you know, the Gentiles, how they lord their power over other people, but it shall not be so among you. For the Son of Man came not to serve but not to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many right. that's what we're called to do but that still does it's not just in service and in dying to self it also means that because you have that responsibility right you also have the authority to make the decision
1: well and i think this is one of those experiences where like the few have ruined it for everybody else you know like yeah. like the people who the horror stories where you do hear it like lorded over somebody you know is what people like immediately go to like what's what their minds like immediately go to and that's why i think it's I think a it very interesting, interesting distinction to be like yeah from that example i gave earlier i've used my like i make the decision i make the final say like twice you know
0: yeah like it's very uncommon like
1: very uncommon but like but yeah it is like the final decision is it can be let, left up to that person
0: that person yeah. being the husband, yeah. hard to say, and it was tough to say. Know, this is a joke, can I, I thought it was beautiful. Um, my last thing, I want to tell you my new, my new revelation thought process. This is the last thing.
1: All right, last thing,
0: last thing. We gotta go to RCIA. We gotta get.
1: I've gotta dinner plan. before. I've, I got, get. A I've okay. got a plan.
0: I've got a plan. Um, <laughs> I'm always planning. This is my this is my thing. I believe truly,
1: uh-huh.
0: and I think that you believe this as well. Okay. I I truly believe that the Lord has given me part of my mission in life is to continuously unravel and unfold and discover this like masculinity crisis. Mm. And I've found from listening to things like this from different people, I've now listened to so many different people explain Ephesians five in ways that I think are at least partially sometimes wholly unacceptable. I think that, and I express this to you a little bit over the weekend is like, Sometimes I feel like we just give men this like lose-lose version of, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to die, you're supposed to be crucified, look how Jesus loved the church, but then you're all supposed to be equal. And if you love us like that, if you're a good man, if your wife deemed you worthy, then she'll follow you. You know, St. Paul gives the wives a command to submit to their husband, gives the husbands a command to love their wives. And it's always, almost every time I hear it, I'm not kidding, like it's, com- it's common that if the husband is either a, a St. Joseph... Or if he's loving you perfectly the way you want to be loved, whatever that means to you, women have just total subjectivity to be able to interpret that the way they want. Then you submit to, then you might follow him. Then you might do these things that make us all uncomfortable to hear because we don't like hearing that because we're strong women and all this stuff. And I'm telling what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to make known to the world. And I'm going to explain this in more detail in the Ortega. So if you want to go back and listen to the episode, please do is I th- I think what I've discovered in the last few weeks of really praying about this, of reading the entire book of Ephesians multiple times, reading commentary on it, reading fully about mutual submission, all this stuff. This is part of what's pushing men away from marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is, I, I always say, I'm kind of uncovering like the, the pearly, you know, Pearl and Kevin Samuels and kind of this like secular approach to why are men avoiding marriage and commitment and things like that? Why are we getting these kind of effeminate Catholic men in the church? And that's all women have to choose from. I think this is part of it. I think that part of giving men this kind of lose-lose where you get to get crucified, but they don't really have to respect you and there's no submission. Like, I do believe that Ephesians 5 is the solution to the fall. Mm. And I don't read the book and the chapters and say, oh, it seems like St. Paul, he says this, but what he really means, But and I love St. John Paul II. This is not like a beef with him. I, I love him. You know this, uh, I hope, uh, I believe. <laughs> um, and I love so much of what he said. But for for thousands of years, we interpreted it as St. Paul is very clear. Mm-hmm. He says it multiple times, and we say, this is what he meant. St. Augustine said, this is what he meant. St. John Chrysostom said, this is what he meant. Many other saints and, and great figures and popes throughout the years said, this is what this means. This is what marriage is supposed to be. The man is the head of the wife, and he's supposed to love the wife as he loves himself, which is deep and powerful and beautiful. But the wife is, in return— and, and not even just in return, but her role is the thing she's supposed to be responsible for is submitting to the husband. That was a beautiful thing. I think it was a win-win for a lot of, in a lot of ways. And I think this breakdown of marriage, us trying to make the solution to make marriage more palatable to like a modern audience, I think we've tried to say, oh, well, St. Paul said that. And yes, the church has taught that for many years, but that's not really what it meant. We're going to interpret it in this way. And you're actually mutually submissive, even though St. Paul never really says that in my opinion. Hmm. So I think that it's more of a masculinity crisis thing. And I think yeah. that I'm all for Listen, I don't, I, I'm already married. This is what I always tell people. I'm already married. I'm a man in the first place. If you guys, if ladies, I'm like ladies, because I know a lot of women listen when you listen, if you want to keep preaching this stuff and have this be your mindset and just keep complaining that there's no men around, go for it. I got, I got nothing to lose. I got nothing to, to gain by, by saying these difficult things. Mm. Where this stuff that I share, like the dating episode and stuff like that, I feel like people get mad at me. I got nothing to gain. I'm not dating anymore. Mm. I, I already have my wife. We already agree, right? At the end of the day, we agree on, on, on what's going down in our house. But what I'm saying is if we want to attract more masculine men, more firefighter types, police, like strong leadership, protective, providing men this is i think what they what they're looking for and not again not to not be tyrant, like,
1: yeah, tyrants not to
0: be awful mm-hmm. but this is just what it's supposed to be and i think that we can provide men with like hey you're supposed to be crucified but in return because you represent christ you represent the church that, that's not a mutual submissive relationship and so that analogy makes no sense to look at that and say oh but by the way like but you're actually on the same mm-hmm. the exact same playing field always at all times
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't think that um that's an appealing Thing from, And he's like, why do I have to be the one crucified then? Mm -hmm. And you can say, well, just suck it up. That's just how it is. And it's like, all right, well, now there's no men. Mm -hmm. You know? And so it's like, yeah. So I think that's ultimately what I'm trying to get to with a lot of this stuff. So thought-provoking, challenging, uncomfortable. Welcome to Seeking Excellence. This has been (laughs) the joy of my life. I love recording with my wife. I know you guys like listening to us banter and talk and ultimately come to agreements on beautiful things. Cute. Like the roles in marriage. (laughs) Thanks be to God, to all of you, and for all of you. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope that it was helpful, and we encourage you to share it. Have good conversations about this. More people need to talk about Ephesians 5. We need to get rid of this societal bullshit where we're like, oh, this makes Christians uncomfortable. We need to avoid it. We need to encounter this. We need to talk about it. I could be wrong, but there's still some good things written there that have a lot to say about marriage. And I encourage you just to discern, to read the entire book, to read the chapter, to read it as my wife recently encouraged me, Without paying attention to the headlines, the man made headlines of the titles of each section, imagine those weren't there and read Ephesians chapter 5 and tell me what you think about mutual submission. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on that. So please reach out to us, give us your feedback, let us know what you thought about the episode. Thanks for listening. We love you. We're praying for you. God God bless. Be your best. Air.